All right, so since we are combining podcasts for today, a little bacon wrapped hustle or a hustle wrapped mm-hmm. bacon business. Yeah, sure. Um, Low charge. You guys bacon. always you guys always bring yours in with a little beatbox and rap, and I always bring in mine with the sound of sizzling bacon. So I'm going to start off with. It is. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bacon Wrapped Hustle. That's the whole intro. That's wiki wiki wiki. So we figured we'd do this. You know, Brad's got a podcast. It's pretty good. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, we've got a podcast. So his is Bacon Wrapped Business. We've got a podcast, Hustle and Flowchart. We figured let's from time to time do a bacon wrapped hustle and I'll kind of talk about what we've learned over the month. It'll be like what a once a month thing, maybe once every yep. six weeks or so. Once a month sounds good How about to start. Da- not daily, not daily, not daily, no. not daily. By the way, uh, for anybody who's not watching this on the uh, video, this is a special video episode. So mm-hmm. we are recording this right now. And if you're just listening on uh, iTunes or Android or whatever the hell Android people listen to it on <laughs> Stitcher, yeah. on, uh, then we'll put a, sh- a link to the video in the show notes. Is that Sounds right? good. Sounds yeah. good. And that'll be posted on what your site, It'll our be posted site. In places. It'll be yeah. all over the webs. Yes. You can't. You get probably won't us. have a hard time finding it if you went to one of our sites. That's true. So the so. one thing I want to make promises to these people is that if you watch this at the end of the show, Joe is definitely taking his shirt off. Ooh, wow. Hey, no. Whoa. <laughs> we got to get we, I've always heard Matt just get really excited. I've always heard that when you're doing when you're doing uh long episodes like this, you got to give uh-huh. people a reason to stick to the end. Oh, okay. So. That's it. Just wait and then keep waiting longer. <laughs> if you don't see it by the end of the video, just keep waiting. Yes. And it'll maybe show up. <laughs> well, what they don't know is none of us are wearing pants. Ah, That's true. Is, welcome to the Pantsless Podcast. <laughs> Why don't we just make the so name that? quick intros? Yes, I'm Brad Costanzo. My my podcast is Bacon Wrap Business, sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat profits. Hey, no, I am a I am a consultant. I'm an entrepreneur. I buy businesses. I work with um, a variety of types of businesses and helping them to grow, get unstuck, find clarity, and using multiple traffic conversion strategies and uh, whatnot. And you guys. Introduce yourself to my audience. Well, for one, you of were like you've the been U- on my show before. You were like the Uber connector. So if you don't know Mr. Bradley, go follow him because he will. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. Go oh, f- <laughs> go follow him. <laughs> well, if that's your kind of thing, that's cool too. Go, go f him. Go <laughs> f him. <laughs> I'm Joe Fear. Uh, it's Matt Wolf over here, co-host of uh, We're Evergreen Profits, and also have a, a, a podcast called Hustle and Flowchart. Hence the name. And yeah, so we, we talked to a whole bunch of business owners, authors, investors, traffic ninjas, all that cool stuff to help you basically work less, make more, but think a little differently in the process. Now, don't- what a lot of people don't know is that we recently all went into business together mm-hmm. on an acquisition. We acquired a, we acquired a new business that yeah. we are, I guess, rehabbing. It's a rehab. Yeah. It's a rehab. We'll it's call a, it that. Yeah. Great business. Tons it's surgery of, and sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Tons of opportunity though. And um, so we started off as friends. We became business partners and hopefully it stops there with the relationship. There's only one other place it can go. Yeah. yeah. And that's for another So when we did our last podcast. couple of podcasts, we were on your show, you were on our show. We yes. weren't in business together yet, were we? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. No, we're just we throwing around ideas of this whole thing. That was about a year ago. Almost... Yeah. To the day, like about 11 months ago, you guys were on my 
show and it probably took six months to come out. Yeah. No, we hassled you. We're <laughs> like, dude, come on. It was so good. I was saying that. Um, but yeah, no, we, we talked about owning businesses, being advisors, taking equity or rev share part of a company mm-hmm. and we made it happen. Albeit it's kind of us still running the company, but we're learning and it's probably been one of the best learning experiences we've had. All three of us in different ways probably. It's a great it's a kind of a great training reels mm-hmm. opportunity for us because I mean, we've all got our own businesses. We all right. have run those and we've done more startups from the ground floor, but this is the first time we've really ever, I think this is the first time we've taken over an existing business yeah. and I, I really enjoy it. And as listeners of my podcast will know, I've, you know, I done a lot of episodes with people who've bought businesses and sold businesses, but especially buying ones. Cause I'm become a big believer that it's a lot easier to buy one than it is to build one. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I've got to admit, there's a lot of, there's a big learning curve and you get mm-hmm. in and it's almost like, all right, here you go. Now, what are you going to do with it? It's mm-hmm. like, Oh wow. I actually have to figure out where all the bodies are buried and all the little moving parts and kind of keep it going. Yeah. And all of us are very busy and we don't have time to, just devote like, Hey, let's just work on this. Cause right. it's not a big enough business to just get full, all of our yeah. attention. All the attention. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been a, a good exercise in, okay, we've each got businesses. Now there's this other piece in here. How do we scale a business without us being involved on a day to day basis? We're having to figure that out as we go mm-hmm. because we don't have time to be involved. All of us on a day to day basis. Cause we've got other shit to run. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing It's like, I feel like we've all bought things uh, at a smaller level. So like we bought some courses on Udemy from product owners out there, basically rebranded it and then launched it. Uh, that was cool. That was like 500 bucks at a time, you know, but it's a creative way to get a head start in something. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way still. Like it's, you got to vet the product as you would with any business you buy. You vet it. Financials is the market there. Yeah. Get some proof. No, that's yeah. a great point. I mean, the, the point of... Um, if you think of acquiring a business as some insane monument, monumental thing, well, it can be, obviously. But one of the quickest ways to get your feet wet is do what we did. Go and find somebody who's selling a course on Udemy. They're probably not that invested into it. They're pro- they probably got another day job. They've got other stuff going on the side. They set up a Udemy course as a side hustle. If somebody comes along and says, look, I'm going to give you a thousand bucks for your course, They've probably made a thousand bucks total on the entire time they've been on Udemy. Well, Udemy's <laughs> screwing them anyway. So yeah, they're desperate for some cash. Right. And I forgot to mention this ho- this episode sponsored by Udemy.com. <laughs> <laughs> screw you, Udemy. No, screw you. Udemy. <laughs> no, it's funny. We actually have courses on Udemy ourselves, and I think we get like three dollar PayPal commissions like once a month. Legitimately, it's yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. There's a lot of reasons why Udemy is screwing their product owners, but there's a lot of good talent on there. So tell absolutely. Well, and what, one of the things you bring up is a big believer as well as like people don't have to buy a business you can buy assets mm-hmm. right? that's so what that is yeah can you borrow it can you buy it as opposed to building it and um people who listen to my show know that i talk about the these two words quite a bit and i try to put a lot of these under this umbrella of access and influence hmm. so access being you know access like what do you have access to? Do you have access to customers? Do you have access to product or content or distribution channels or capital, et cetera? And there's a big difference between access and ownership. If you don't have to own it, if you can access it, right? So right. therefore, a lot of people are familiar with doing joint ventures and affiliate partnerships. That's me accessing your uh, your network, audience yeah. Yeah. without having to own it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like act like access can mean, can I buy it? So can I, you've got, 
if you're a Udemy author and you've got a great piece of content and you're not really you know, doing a great job, how can I access that? Well, there's a couple of ways. I can go out and just give you money for it, buy it, you, you go away and mm-hmm. it's mine. Or I can license it. Mm-hmm. I can pay you a fee to just utilize it over here in a totally different way. You can keep selling it on your own, but I just want to sell it over here in a different way. And there's probably a number of other ways to access that as opposed to building it from scratch. And I think I, I wish I would have known a lot of these strategies when I was first starting off because I think it would have shortened the learning curve. For sure it would. And, yeah. the, and the implementation curve going, oh man, I got to build this. Well, think like you're, you're approaching it with your own skill sets that you have like marketing, for instance. A lot right. of people listening are marketers or they know how to drive traffic, conversion, email, whatever. These people are usually just knowledge folks. Like they are you know, creating something on sleep on how to code some whatever topic. So they might want to partner, you know, and, and we've done that before too, where mm-hmm. we are the marketing arm or advisors and they're just supplying all the knowledge, all the content. And then that's one less thing you have to worry about. You're just like, I'm going to be really freaking good at what I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, to be honest, we've built a business over the last couple of years around to not even having our own product for the longest time. Right. <laughs> you sure. know, we've been affiliates because what our, I don't know, would you call it access um, influence. I don't know which one it would fall under, but we're really good at running paid traffic, right? We've gotten some some stuff down where we really know what we're doing when it comes to media buying and paid traffic. And so that was sort of our leverage point. We can go find other products where we're like, this is a really good product. We like this. We think we can sell this and then use our existing knowledge of media buying to ramp up those products for people. Yeah, yeah. bingo. And, you know, access and influence in a lot of ways, uh, you know, we're you know, we're big fans of the whole Perry Marshall 80-20 tactical triangle. Mm-hmm. And some people have seen that. If not, we'll put a link to it or something like that. In the Somewhere to find yeah. it, yeah. But it's, there's three real components to any of these businesses, especially from a marketing angle, which is the traffic, the conversion, and the economics mm-hmm. of it, right? So access to me is almost the traffic, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I would say so. I wouldn't say that this is a, a perfectly, a perfect metaphor, but influence is the conversion. Can I influence you to purchase it? How can I access the people who need what I've got? Mm-hmm. And then can I can I influence them to make the purchase? Obviously the economics in there isn't the one of the pieces that holds it all together. Can I do it cost effectively sure. so I don't go broke? Can I make money? Can I reinvest it? Can I scale? All that. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the areas where I screwed up when I, a couple of years ago I started a coffee, a private label coffee brand and mm-hmm. I was really Stiletto. excited. Yes, the Leto Coffee. <laughs> and I was really excited about the um, the brand and the messaging and everything that we could do. And I knew I could get in front of people who like to drink coffee, especially women who like to drink coffee. But I completely neglected and violated my own rules, the economics of the thing. I couldn't find though. I couldn't get access to those people and influence them to buy at a rate Mm-hmm. You know, cost per acquisition that allowed me to, to survive. It expensive coffee or you have to do a lot of volume. Absolutely. So was, that, was, that was a big thing. It was a profit margin. Profit margins yeah. were just way too low. And I went in neglecting. I kind of had blinders on. I was delusionally optimistic. And I kind of knew that I was violating a lot of the rules that I should set forth. But I got kind of swept up in the passion <laughs> of it all and the excitement. And I just, as I said, I was delusionally optimistic, which I think is important as an entrepreneur. you got to oh, yeah. think. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to figure it out, even though I don't know how. Sure. And I think that's a, that's a common question that we receive all the time or like, Hey, I have this opportunity or this thing, or I could do affiliate marketing or I can make my own products. What do I do first? Yeah. I literally, I think I answered this question last night in one of our groups and I'm like, all right, there's no perfect answer. We can't see into the future. We don't have a freaking crystal ball. We can try to lie to you, but we're not. But like, you know, there's at least everything that we've kind of done is like, there's a now either business or 
thing of focus that can bring in the revenue now to pay the bills, to gain experience, make the connection, the access, all that stuff. But maybe there's something you have access to now that you can do, but then there's a future business. Maybe it's six months off or a year off that you can slowly start to build in the background or on some, you know, a few hours here a week, not a full-time focus. And it kind of helps. And that's kind of more or less what we're doing with uh, our homebrew site. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Absolutely. I mean, you have to kind of explore and check out new opportunities. And, you know, on my podcast, I've been doing this thing called Wednesday Wisdom, W-I-S-D-U-M-B. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, it's half wise, it's half dumb, It's but it's these success platitudes. And it kind of made me think of one, which is just that, you know, pick one thing and focus. Yeah. Right? That's to a degree, yes. And if you've got that one thing where you feel extremely focused about, that's fine. But a lot more people I've found don't have that one thing where they've got extreme confidence and passion and like this is the horse I'm going to ride all the way in to the finish line. And those who don't actually dabble a little bit and play and experiment, I think are leaving a lot of potential opportunities uh, unexplored as potentially big ones. Now, granted, like I know I've been guilty of going the other extreme and just going shallow and dabbling as opposed to going really deep on yeah, we one have thing. Too, yeah. But I also think it's necessary because that's where the breakthroughs come. Yeah. You've got your main thing you're doing and then you're experimenting and you're guessing and you're testing and you're exploring different things such as, you know, the business that we bought, it wasn't a business that I needed or I w went into it wanting it, but it was, right. a, I was like, I saw a potential opportunity here. I was like, okay, let's try this out. Now, I did become very cognizant of the mental bandwidth <laughs> right that's probably the majority of yeah. it for all of us honestly right. well that's, that's probably been the roughest part for all of us in yeah. that business so yeah. far is just balancing the businesses that we're running already and that you know mentally and actually the doing of it mm -hmm. <laughs> yep so when you, uh, I would almost challenge you like what you said is you know people dabbling couldn't you do that if you had let's just imagine your consultant the most basic thing I feel like you could possibly not saying it's a bad thing, but it's very simple to get started, to get clients. You can start dabbling, like you said there, Brad, is like, okay, I'm gonna try speaking. I'm gonna try YouTube ads. I'm gonna do retargeting on Facebook or all this other crap. You can almost like dabble within an offer that you know is making money. Exactly. And then experiment, but then parlay what you're learning there into maybe an affiliate offer or some other thing of info The more you product. can, yeah, the more you can keep your, your experimentation and dabbling focused at home. And, yeah, yeah, focused. yeah, or at least Focus like, dabbling. Yeah, yeah, I com. mean. <laughs> Build a moat around yourself and, and freaking you'll learn a shit ton and make money in the process. So absolutely give me an extra mic. You really wanna What's that? I think you're giving me your mic. <laughs> no, I, I, I want your mic. I want your mic. You got if you if you're not watching this, Joe has got this beautiful pink microphone. <laughs> Hashtag pink mic. Yeah. Is yeah, that even Joe, mic? Joe's trying to get this hashtag to catch on. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else is in, on earth is going to use hashtag pink no, mic. No, no. John Belcher's a... wife, he said, because uh, he, he was like, oh, she liked the pink mic. Do I they think... make men's mics where you bought that? <laughs> men's <laughs> men's ah. mics. We'll see. Magic we'll mic. see. Magic <laughs> So. But that was a good little tangent. I mean, it's it's that's what we've been. I think that's like our biggest struggle, I, I think, but also growth in the last, what, like you said, almost a year. Yeah. And you know, that, so for like. me, cause my aspirations, uh, and I, I just recently almost purchased a much bigger business for like seven figures and mm. we went into due diligence and this was a multi-month process. And I decided to walk away at the last minute because of a handful of, um, I don't know, red flags that I saw. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to instead uh, help them make money, but I'm going to just create a profit center and kind of 
more as a consultant on mm-hmm. this, but mm-hmm. I, I went in deep and the, you know, seven figure transaction, uh, re, you know, required me to learn a whole lot about a whole lot. But at the same time, I was honestly scared to death about what if this thing closes and now I have full operational control of this. Oh yeah. And I have to admit, this is one of those things that still like, you know, you get out of your comfort zone. This is where I'm out of my comfort zone is, um, if, if and when I acquire my next company, because I know I will, because I am actively looking for this as we all are, um, what, you know, will I have what it takes to step in and step up and run that and do it in a way that, you know, it's game on and not kind of floundering because with the business that we bought, it's small enough to where it's too small to get a lot of our time. At the same time, it's so perfect for all of the things that we know how to do that if we can't make this work the way we want it to in 10x, 20x this. We're retiring, going to Right, McDonald's. then it, it makes me feel bad. But, <laughs> so we're, we're in that weird predicament. It's like too small to get a whole lot of time, but it's too much opportunity to neglect. Mm-hmm. And I've got to admit for anybody out there watching, listening, you know, thinking that, oh, you know, hey, these guys look like they've got it all together and all figured out. Like, we no, do. we're oh, figuring we it do, out. We do, but, you know. <laughs> but we're figuring it out as we go. We and are. sometimes yeah. you just got to jump in and hope the net appears. You know, sure. when, it, when it comes to the, the whole acquisitions kind of thing, this is something I've been thinking about lately. And I'm actually curious to hear your opinion because I don't think we've actually talked about this. Is um, I've kind of t- more taken the approach that if you figure out one thing that you can really specialize in, like you can become the expert at this thing. For me, it's media buying. I love paid traffic. I love experimenting with paid traffic. If I can get really good at that, then when we're out looking for acquisitions, I'm specifically looking for businesses where the missing piece is traffic. Right. And so that's kind of the approach I think we're sort of heading down when it comes to that acquisitions path is, you know, Joe's a sales guy. I'm a, I'm a traffic guy, right? Conversion, traffic. That's why we're good partners. He focuses on one. I focus on the other. So if we look at businesses and we go, okay, this business is pretty solid. The main thing it's missing is traffic. Well, then that's one we're probably going to explore. Or the main thing this is missing is it's got good traffic, but the conversion element isn't quite there. In fact, we had a, uh, it wasn't an acquisition. It was an equity partnership that we did years and years ago where the main thing was conversions. It had shit tons of traffic going to it. Like, Thousands and thousands of mobile app site. Yeah, Yeah, thousands and thousands of visitors per day coming to this site. It just wasn't converting. They were making two hundred bucks a month off of like two thousand visitors a day. Wow, we're like something's wrong here. And so we came in, and the very the the only thing we did the business to start the first like three weeks, the first thing we did was we got a new sales letter written. We went and hired a really good copywriter, explained what we were going for, had an entire new sales letter written, switched out the sales letter. It went from two hundred a month to two hundred a day overnight when we swapped out the sales letter. And then the next step was, okay, we've got this converting to the traffic that's there. Now, how do we even take the traffic to a next level? And then we started to put our focus on the traffic. Mm -hmm. But we went into it knowing, okay, there's, it's got most of the pieces. We just have one piece to solve. And that piece happens to be one of our specialties. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way I think in the future we're going to go into acquisitions is that approach. You know, does one of our specialties solve the problem that this business has? Right. And I think that's, super strong and i know we've talked about this joe and i share a lot more in common as far as marketing specialties mm-hmm. uh, on we're kind of more on the creative the conversion the connection mm-hmm. side you're the cold-hearted 
Blackheart traffic yeah. monster. No, I just I hate people. He's yeah. just a he's yeah. just a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you guys are really are close partners. If you know that. Yeah. We were all so giving each other one. we were we were all giving each other nicknames a few days ago on our one the of our team. group meetings, and I named myself Mister Nice Guy. I thought that was an app, you know, a, a great nickname for myself. Of course, everyone on the team was just laughing, and then everybody yeah. else renamed themselves to Matt as a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yep, he is a dick. <laughs> that would be one name, and then. No, yeah. yeah, but you're you're spot on there, and I think where, you know, in the past, for myself, it's caused some mental, I guess, was it frustration? Is I've never felt as though I am a supreme expert in one specific ex, you know, mm-hmm. specialty inside marketing. Like I'm a great copywriter. I'm not the best copywriter. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, a great email marketer, but I'm not the best. And there's a lot of these things where it just kind of is those internal feelings of self-confidence. And it was always hard for me to kind of pick that specialty. But one of the things that I think I am really good at is that resourcefulness of, mm-hmm. in which I think would, it'll apply really well in future acquisitions is I'm very resourceful. I know where to find the, the people and the leverage points. I mean, I found you guys to help mm-hmm. out, right? No, you, you like courted us and yes. st- you bought the business before you even got the agreement. Yes. <laughs> and then you roped us in there knowing that we would become partners. It was the Correct. wildest shit. Yes. <laughs> Highly no, calculated. But, I, I think, but it's true. I, I think yeah. you don't give yourself enough credit to uh, Yes, we're all generalists. We all love to learn, I think. That's an entrepreneur, I, think, I feel like. I That's, think you, we all have that in common that we're all learning about everything, but what we choose to focus on in from an implementation standpoint um, is not everything we learn, right? Um, So for me, it's been traffic. For Joe, it's been sales and conversion tactics. Um, From our perspective, what we've always seen you as is this amazing networker, connector. uh, You figure out how to put this Dot piece connector. with this piece where most people don't see those pieces fitting together. Right. Yeah. And that's what, thank you. Yeah. That could like that dot connecting is been one of my strengths where, you know, somebody once recently called me a kind of a catalyst, which I like a lot because it's like, listen, it's a change agent. You drop Brad in and one little thing he does may be a big leverage thing, mm-hmm. but, um, it, like it doesn't do all the work. It just does some of the, the mm-hmm. primary work that kind of gets it moving. And, um, what we were just talking about kind of especially the way we structured this deal and when I, when I purchased the the site it kind of goes back to one piece of advice that uh, Jay Abraham I've heard you know give which is he said he, one of his favorite strategies or mindsets is get control of an asset figure out what to do with it later mm-hmm. and that's what I really was trying to do here I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna get control of it then I'm gonna figure it out get my foot in the door because if you are resourceful and you work on that resourcefulness and realizing that if you use access if you use influence if you kind of connect those dots there's not too many problems you can't solve right mm-hmm. especially you don't have to know everything if you know the people who do yeah. I read something I believe it was in the story brand book by Donald Miller or not but uh, they were they were describing this guy's business and he kind of had the same predicament where he felt like he didn't really fit into any specific specialty but what he ended up realizing after it was kind of uncovered is that he just knew what he wanted to do or where he wanted to go and he was able to kind of like what you said and i feel like we do this in our own specialties but you do it probably the most often because you're dealing with a lot of businesses is that you have a vision for the future and you find the people or the tools or the strategies that are going to be necessary to get there. You might not know how to do all that shit because you right. shouldn't know that, but you know the end game, like where, what's the goal? Like in three years, we want to sell this business for five mil or something like that. Right. Another how thing do we too, get there? Yeah. Another thing too that I've noticed about you is, is you're 
always putting offers out there. You're always you're you've got a lot of stuff that's out there floating around. Like you might see an opportunity and you'll go to the guy and say, "Hey, let's do this deal." And you'll throw it out there. Right. You might find another opportunity, "Hey, let's do this deal." And you've got you're, you're you're planting a lot of seeds all the time so that someday you may be able to to sow them, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I try to play the long game on that. And, mm -hmm. You know, you never know unless you ask is a big it's huge. Thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of the things I also talk about, you know, speaking of asking this is a little bit of a diversion, but it just kind of made me think, you know, talking about acquisitions and buying companies and uncovering opportunities. If anybody's out there is a runs a marketing agency, if you're a consultant, if you work with clients, I find it mind boggling that people don't ask better questions such as, so have you ever thought about selling this business? <laughs> you know, and because that's where these opportunities get uncovered from. And a lot of times they go, oh, well, what do you have in mind? Mm -hmm. Or what would you sell for? As we were sitting here, I literally got a uh, message from a guy just saying, hey, do you know anybody who buys, you know, X, mm -hmm. like these types of businesses? He's asking, right? And mm -hmm. and I actually do. So mm -hmm. the, we may be, you know, There's working a on a broker connection maybe. Right here, exactly. Yeah. And but and see that happens all the time with you because every time we meet with Brad, it's always like, "Hey, I got this cool shit going on right now. It's great opportunity with this big name person or this well-connected investor, rich guy, whatever." Um, there's always something there for you. UFC fighters, billionaires, you know, guys like that. What Seriously, I <laughs> what I do? There you go, day. man. But it's uh, I think it's perfect for where you're at as long yeah. as you kind of own that and know, like when we were talking about, there's deals you could get retainer, rev share, exactly. equity. As long as you're there, just giving value, maybe up front, quick wins, but you're helping them guide them to whatever that big thing they want. Exactly. But you show them a little bit of path there, which they probably don't know, then fuck, you win. Yep. You know, everybody wins. So this has been awesome. Do you guys want to uh, change it up a little bit? Talk. So about I don't know if we want to do this now, or I mean, we're actually figuring out the structure of this show as <laughs> we're recording it. So you're you're hearing a real life process in this is process. The, this is stuff we would we literally sit around and talk about anyway. So yes. we just decided let's we got to record this. Record. This so thing. here's what I think would be cool for this um, for our bacon wrapped hustle episodes is every month when we do this we have like three or four questions that we circle back around to that change every month. So like one of them that I was thinking is like, what's one book that you're really big on right at the moment? What's one tool or software or something that's just that's just really, really helping you in your business right now? What's one sort of tip or tactic that's working right now? These are all things that if we ask the same question next month, it's going to change next month. Mm -hmm. And so I think if if we um, we kind of have a series of questions where every month we, we're kind of like gauging what's going on and people can hear the progression and what's what's working for us now. I think that'd be a really cool thing that people would get excited to tune in for. I think that'd be cool. I love it. So what's a, what's a badass uh, tool you're using right now, Matt? Well, shit, I didn't want to start with me. I came up with I the idea. With me. I'm using Mevo. Mevo. For those of <laughs> you who are watching me and watching my little hands on my phone, I am not surfing Facebook. But that's a different question. That's our gadgets. So let's start with gadgets. Ooh. Oh, Well, wow. gadgets. I am uh, playing with Mevo, the uh, camera switching live thing. And I don't know if you guys can see this here, but... We're going to go Inception style. You're going to look at yourself, looking at yourself, <laughs> looking at yourself. Look and closely. I can really easily make some of these edits that you guys are seeing in the pans just using my uh, camera. It's pretty cool. It's on the fly. Yeah. yeah. On the fly. It's recording our audio. I mean, we have some professional mics. It's our podcasting mics, but we're also recording for Mevo audio through the, his iPhone. So that thing saves 
transmits to this Mevo, has a little card in there, stores it. You could stream it live. We're not. I think right it, now. if you guys want to check it out, it's getmevo, M E V O.com. I believe so. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no affiliate link on there. Right now, we're actually not fans of Mevos. <laughs> well, yeah, ours yeah. died ours like died. the second before <laughs> we were like. We tried to set up our Mevo first, it didn't work, and Brad's did. So we'll probably. resuscitate it later. Yeah. It's ours, fine. I'm not going to say that. Never mind. So gadgets. Any other gadgets? Okay. Not, I haven't been uh, doing oh, a lot of gadgets. Uh, well, Matt and no, I... I like the, the Mevo splur- one's good. So. This, well, we splurged on an iPhone X or 10 or whatever. Have you guys heard of this iPhone thing? This well, is well, the 10. I mean, it's like... it's. It, yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy because yeah. there's no damn button on the front. It's just all facial yeah. recognition. That's that thing like, that came out like 12 months ago, right? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's new to me, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, Mevo's cool. been out for a couple years. <laughs> I actually love my new phone case because it's a wallet and a phone case in one. So this is all I ever carry on me now that's actually pretty smart that was a, a car anymore wait, wait, wait yeah hold on that thing is that case is amazing it's called silk on amazon it works for any iphone case yeah i had this for an old phone i was like matt you need to get this Dude, i'm gonna have to check that out it's like Where four or five ca- cards you throw in there it's not your full you put cash in there not you really i, mean, I actually I mean, don't even can, carry but... that much cash i'll carry like a 20 dollar bill or something like that and... i don't yeah. i mean you can see this is all i got on i'll, I'll show you my latest gadget that i'm really happy with it's uh, this little pillbox right here yeah my really? little uh, uh my little airpods yep Oh, these you got them? Yeah, oh, shit. So you cool. didn't tell me that. Oh. Yeah, no, I love these things. Like, um, like the setup process for this was insane. Yeah. Like, you the literally, you open your it. phone's sitting here on the desk next to you. You open this like this. You just bloop, pop it open. And as soon as you pop it open, the phone says, would you like to connect to your headphones? <laughs> you hit yes, and they're working. Yeah, That's how fast it is. That's my favorite. I lost my first set, and I just recently had to go buy. It was so excruciating because they're like $160. Mm. But you I spent just, the I, money again, didn't had you? To, had to go spend the money again. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a testament though. If you go back out and you lose them and you're like, oh, oh yeah. they were good enough that I'm going to spend 150 bucks again. Absolutely. So that's alien technology mm. as is facial recognition on iPhones. It, it's kind of getting me a little worried because that thing opens up, you know, your iPhone opens up just looking at it. And supposedly, if you're sleeping in like Brad, you were like, hang, you know, like put it in front of my face that it's not going to open up. Like for somehow, your, eye, are your eyes have to be open or something. Somehow you need to be looking at it, and the iPhone knows you're looking at the screen, or it'll even like turn off. You no, know, it's so uh, crazy. The well, things like kind of like I it's don't quite on. understand it because <laughs> I'll I'll grow my beard long, I'll shave my beard, I'll wear sunglasses sometimes, I'll wear glasses sometimes, wear I'm wearing a hat sometimes, yeah. I'm not. Never had an issue with it not recognizing me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny. Not even that, but just even like with Facebook Live, for instance. I was uh, recently somewhere, and I think I was, I think it was in the Mexico house build that I was on, and I was down there with my partner Frank Shamrock, who yeah, just a little there. guy, no one knows about. Yeah. Him. But the, uh, but I had the phone, Sorry, and Frank. I turned it on him like this. Now Frank is wearing sunglasses and a ball cap, and I was like. I just turned to him like this, and within the first second that I turned to him, it says, would you like to tag Frank Shamrock oh, in this? Shit. And it was a video, <laughs> he's wearing a hat and sunglasses. Like It knew immediately via video Insane. who this was. Just think about like just all the data that's getting gathered from all this, all sources. I mean, you got Apple, iPhone. Well, yeah, as uh, marketers, Facebook. I mean, that's it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. We like data. So those are some good gadgets. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. You like, went out and, yeah, that's cool, man. No, I, I like my AirPods. They're awesome. I mean, I started random tangent, but I started walking my dog like every day. I haven't been going on a lot of walks. I started walking my dog every day, and I was getting really sick of the cord dangling down. I'm like, I really need to get some wireless. So I just went for the the best there of the you best. Go, man. I love them. Love it. Well, you have this little Fitbit on now too. That's an old. Well, yeah, gadget. but I've been wearing this, this thing's like five years old. Yeah, and you're walking. That's cool. I walk um, now. I. I stopped walking for a while, just wheelchaired around. <laughs> just, I had to wheel him around. It was very awkward. Yeah. We went to meetings and Joe, stuff like that. Joe, yeah. can you come pick me up and push me to the car? Yeah. It was, it was, it was weird, but it was nice. Yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's good. How so, about have a different tools? Like, what are you using like on software? Like on the computer. All right. So like, you yeah. guys, you guys are familiar, but I'm very. I've become a very big fan of Kartra. Mm-hmm. So Kartra, uh, K-A-R-T-R-A, and uh, you can go to baconwrapbusiness.com forward slash Kartra <laughs> for all your Kartra needs. But um, it is an all-in-one marketing automation suite that literally replaces everything you need with the exception of, I guess, just a blog, mm-hmm. right? So I still have my WordPress blog, but it is page builder, uh, autoresponder, help desk, uh, checkout, CRM, ev- absolutely everything. And it was created by Mike Vilsame, Andy Jenkins, Frank Kern. And a lot of times when a marketer... And Hector, don't forget And that. Hector, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And when um, a lot of times when a marketer creates software, it's janky as hell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they threw it together for a cash grab. But this is totally different. This one, I'm really happy about it because I don't have to integrate different things with it. I can just get in. It's pretty intuitive. And it saved me a lot of money just by getting rid of other autoresponders and yeah. page builders. And you kind of get the impression mm-hmm. this is their long game. Like, yeah, this, this is, is a long this game. This is kind mm-hmm. of what they're planning on doing for the future. I, me personally with Kartra, I have a little bit of a love-hate with it. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, for the most part, I, I do I do like it. There are a few little things that I wish they'd work out, which we've already shared with Mike and the guys. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know... It's, sure, it'll happen. Uh, there's, yeah. there's some things where it's I... Early, yeah, exactly. I can't post tracking pixels in certain places where I want. And the member... Where you actually build the members area needs a little improvement but other than that i love like everything mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. um i'm still big on Thrivecart when it comes to like the actual checkout page um you know there's a lot well they focus a lot of features yeah like Thrivecart goes deep on just the checkout page which is amazing but yeah kartra like you said like there's some little things but like the tracking on that thing i think when we tracking oh, analytics because we used it for uh launching the first product yeah. for our, our uh, craft brew site homebrew site and we were blown away by like you send the email through Kartra, you you know your sales page is Kartra, your order forms Kartra, and your members area, and that whole thing is like you could track Seamless. to the minute detail oh, of yeah, how, I mean, like which emails freaking fired off a sale. Some of the automations in it's there amazing. are insane. Like yeah. if they watch twenty five percent of the video, send this them this email, tag them with this, put this offer in front of them. If they watch fifty percent of this video, then tag them with this, send them to this video and this up. Like some of that stuff is cool. just like insane. And then they've got the like when you're logged into the members area. Uh, they've already got the card details on file so you can put like a one click upsell once somebody's logged in just to add to their members area some of that shit's really love it yeah yeah it's it's really gangster if you look at some of the stuff they're doing so that's uh that's one of the new pieces of software tools that i'm utilizing a lot Uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything else major that um kind of comes to mind i mean it replaces a lot so no it does yeah what about, what about you guys what are you using i mean i'll let joe say one because joe in our business yeah. joe and i are pretty much operating in two separate areas right. so he's probably got different tools than i would talk about well i don't know but i think there's a similar one with OmniFocus is is one that i know matt and i both use but that's paired up with the strategy of getting things done which we had david allen on the podcast just like a week or two ago well it depends on when this is released, yeah i don't know when yeah. this is gonna be released, but recently we recorded with him and um, with Marks Acosta Rubio and that OmniFocus tool is one that Matt and I both use every single day. We have it on our phone to capture ideas. Also, obviously, it's a good capture device if you know the getting things done methodology. This is a great tool. Or if you're just looking, like for me personally, I struggle with organization, uh, with like just streamlining all these different buckets that I'm living in every day. Matt is way more in tune to that stuff naturally. Mm-hmm. but. For me, you know, it's 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 kind of wrangling in this 
chaos side of my brain mm-hmm. um, to where I can function more so in my own personality. It's not changing who I am, but OmniFocus is great. It's not cheap, and I believe it's only on for it's for Apple devices, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love OmniFocus. Yeah, that's a great tool, and I, I use it a lot too. I the, think Wonderlist could be like or Evernote could be alternatives. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a task list thing. You sort of unload tasks into an inbox, and then you go and organize them into separate projects and folders and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. really good at organizing your brain. The one, the one sort of beef I have with it is really the cost. It's expensive um, yeah. because like you could buy it on your your iMac or your you know MacBook or whatever. Buy it on a desktop, and it's what sixty bucks to get the pro version, the Something premium like that. version that we use. And then you go and go, cool. I'm gonna add some stuff to it to my phone. Nope, they want you to pay another 60 bucks to get the phone version. <laughs> oh, and if you have an iPad, you got to get an iPad version yeah. too. So like all in, you could be like $240 into this task management project uh, product right. just to be able to use it across multiple devices. But saying that, it's been worth it to me. I mean, I've used it so much and it's just been badass. I think the big thing though where you could people could screw themselves, which I think I would have and probably not followed through with OmniFocus is not having a solid strategy, mm-hmm. like getting things done. Um, luckily, we had a uh, have a mentor, Marks, a coach to kind of help us with the little minute details of how he would structure stuff. But uh, definitely, I would recommend if you think you need some organization, don't just jump into the tool and think it's going to be easy because it won't be. <laughs> you need to like watch their videos. I think they have some training on getting things done. Or just read the book and then apply it and use that thing as your tool, your yeah. trusted tool. What's on that? So... I think I know I've read getting things done in the past and I know the basics probably about 70% of it mm-hmm. and it's the early stage stuff is not bad but then I've once more I'm not Did really you kind of lose it, it a little better yeah I yeah. kind of start to do it and then I'm like oh, okay I like the brain dump I like the initial yeah. organization and whatnot but mm-hmm. then it's when it gets down to managing in it it I don't know maybe my it's I'm just did you ever have wired. a tool like did you have something you did all that organization well, I, I usually use Todoist okay which yeah. you can it's another you can one make yeah. that work with GTD uh-huh. really easy from what I've seen but uh, some of it's intuitive I probably just need to get like go deep on it for a little while yeah. um, it's funny I was I was reading something on it some people were talking about GTD and they one of the complaints was it's it's kind of complex. It's complex enough to where they were like, I think David Allen wanted to make it. It's David Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a book and here's the basics. I'm going to give you just enough to whet your appetite to get you hooked. And, but then I'm going to make it complex enough that you have to give me a bunch of money to learn it. <laughs> Maybe. Right. <laughs> they like, do have coaches. Coaching program, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I am not the most efficient at time management, unfortunately. So it is an right. area that I'm trying to get better at. And see, that's mm-hmm. you and I, and, and that's where, that's like my focus right now is to wrangle that stuff in. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and partially it's because we interviewed with him. I've read the book before, but never just like you. It didn't stick because I wasn't applying it. I wasn't making moves with it every day. The capture part of it, it was like, I think it's the most freeing thing that you could mm-hmm. possibly do because you just take all those open loops out of your, in your head and you put them on paper or in that device. That's my favorite part is the, <laughs> the write it down. And then amazing. I look at it and I'm like, can it just magically disappear? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we go into conversation. Like, you don't have to do every single thing on the page. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that, that David Allen was really talking about a lot when we had him on the show was that... Most people think if you list it down in your inbox, you know, your, your capture phase, you've got to do this. But really, when you go through and you do your review phase where you're kind of looking at everything you've listed out, 
You could delete freaking half of it if you want. You could delegate a bunch of it to other people. Just get the ideas out of your head. The whole idea is like a mental sort of freeing thing mm-hmm. where the you, you go through this capture phase because you got a lot of shit spinning in your head before you go to bed, first thing in the morning. Just capture everything as it comes to you in your head and just get it out of your brain. And then later on, when you're in a review phase, you can go, no, that's crap. No, that's crap. No, that's crap. Delete a bunch of shit. Delegate a bunch of or shit. Or someday maybe yeah, folder is a, like huge. You create a folder called someday maybe and you throw it in a folder, say I'll circle back to that one in like a year. Yeah, well, and then folder. you review that weekly. So you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Now I can bring it out of that and then apply it to a different folder. The biggest game changer about that Absolutely. is the capture phase. Get everything out of your head and either onto paper or in some sort of system. Absolutely. And that's the easiest part for me. And, yeah. and that's that's the part that is the main thing. That, 70% there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like, seriously. That's the, that's the thing is, is the decluttering of the brain. Yeah. But I, I have I have two more tools. Go for it. Um, both of them I've actually written blog posts on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Joe actually probably knows and what they are. talking about. Um, so the first one is a tool by a guy named Paul Clifford. We've had him on the podcast twice now mm-hmm. uh, called Designer. And what Designer does is you can actually um, type in the URL of a blog post and it'll convert that entire blog post into a PDF version. And then you can use that as an opt-in to, for that blog post. Surprisingly works really, really, really well. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Just to give somebody a PDF version of a blog post. I think there's something psychological where they think, if I have this PDF, I will read it later. You know, uh, It's a great opt-in. It works. Yeah. Um, but they actually just released this new feature. They've, they call it, I think, Designer AI. And what it is is you can actually up... Uh, link onto a YouTube video, plug in a podcast episode, and it actually transcribes the whole thing for you. And then as you're listening back to the transcription to sort of double check it, you click one button, it'll actually take screenshots of that videos inside your transcripts. Plates has links in there to websites How you mentioned. I've seen this because I use Designer. Just came out. It's, the AI feature is brand new and it's on their premium. Like, so it's like the whatever i don't know what level you're at it's not like the cheap cheap version it's like it's not that much more but you have to pull out your computers and you have to show me how it does it for sure it's cool cool. but yeah basically it 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 transcribes everything it's like a an automated transcription so it will miss some things here and there but you go back through you listen to it you correct it yourself and then there's one button you press the button and let's say you brought in a youtube video it will actually take screenshots of that video and throw them right into your transcripts with timestamps of where that was that's cool so So, that reminds me of two other tools that uh, i use one of them (laughs) is is Trint, T-R-I-N-T, mm-hmm. yeah. and the other is otter.ai. Mm. So Trint and That's Otter are super... Are you, are you familiar with both? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Please super yeah, for, so yeah. super similar. Um, Otter AI is the one I've been using, which is, you know, you upload a um, an audio file or a video file or whatever, and it automatically transcribes things. And then you hit play, and you can hear the words going, so mm-hmm. you can see where it is. And then if you click on a word, obviously you can edit it if you want to change it, and it'll show you kind of where it is in the audio. But it doesn't—it's not doing screenshots and stuff yeah. like that. That's, so that's kind of well. Cool. That's the yeah. thing with designers—you do this whole it does its transcription thing in minutes and it's all AI stuff, but they're using, he was explaining like Amazon's AI, Google, like you could tap into their APIs and their technology and that's how it's transcribing a lot of that and it's constantly learning. Yeah, the tool gets smarter. So as you go through and you transcribe stuff, when you fix little errors, the tool's getting smarter based on that information. Dude, even random names, like we tested this with uh, one of James Shramko's podcasts and I think I purposely used, I think it was Scott from Wicked Reports. Oh, yeah. His last name is just De Grossier, but I would never be able to spell that thing. And it nailed it. I was like, how the hell did that? But Really? Yeah. yeah that's fantastic. So, I mean, still, it's not perfect. And just, Paul will be the first to admit that. Just imagine. 
imagine like you're making a tutorial video or something. It doesn't have to be on YouTube, but let's say you make a tutorial video that shows you how to set up your first Facebook ads or something. And you make this video and you're like, okay, so you're going to click on this button in the top left corner and then you're going to scroll and you're going to click this button that says create ad here. And then you're going to, and you're explaining the whole process. Well, before, if you got the transcriptions, they're not that helpful. Because if you look at the transcription, it says click here and then go to this link over here, right? That's what you're showing on the screen, but it's irrelevant in the transcription. Mm -hmm. Now, if you throw in little screenshots in there, you now have an ebook that you can sell with that tutorial. So let's say, this is this is a product right here, right? Let's say I wanna make a, a Facebook ads course. I can go and sell the ebook version of my Facebook ads course for 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. mm -hmm. And then if you want to upgrade to the video version, make it the little bump offer for 20 more bucks, we'll send, we'll send you the actual video. Bam, you know? I'm actually looking forward to the moment we quit this recording so you can <laughs> we can play with that and you can show me. That's cool. super cool. Yeah. And, and it, doesn't it pick out like different speakers too? It can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll name them based off of what tag and then it'll say like, okay, well, that was Joe all the way through here. That was Brad here, Matt. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as podcasters, it's come in super, super handy because our last like 10 episodes that we've transcribed we've just thrown them into designer well you could see an example of this in the show notes at least uh, we'll put it on evergreen profits oh, i'm yeah. sure you'll yeah, you'll exactly. take it too um but yeah you'll see them in action there yeah so one more tool yeah um, another one and this one actually the blog post just went live last well after the recording it went live last friday uh, a tool called convert box now i'm sure you're familiar with like thrive themes and opt-in monster and there's a bunch of opt-in sort of tools out there well, we started testing this new one called ConvertBox, and our conversions just doubled. And there's a couple email conversions, right? Email opt-ins. Opt yeah, sorry, this is an opt-in tool. So you know, exit intent pop-ups and the little slide-ins that slide in, or the you know the Dedicated welcome mat page, that, yeah. that pops up that like scrolls down from the top of the screen. All of that kind of stuff. You know, Thrive Thrive leads and opt-in monster. A lot of that kind of stuff. But this one. There's not a lot of variation in the actual design of the opt-in form. You kind of get what they give you, but the opt-in form that they give you converts like crazy. It doubled our opt-in rate and we didn't do anything. We didn't change the traffic source. We didn't change the, the image on the little opt-in form. We didn't change the copy. Copies identical. We didn't change yeah. anything. Everything was identical. We just switched from one tool to the other, used their default design that they give you, and our opt-in rates just went Wow, it that's doubled. amazing. And so there, there's a few really, really cool features in there. Um, they've got like uh, conditional targeting. So if if they've seen this blog post, but not this blog post, put this opt-in form in front of them. If they came in from a Google search, put this opt-in from them. If they came in from a Facebook ad, put this opt-in in front of them. Dynamic. So all sorts like of like switching. dynamic yeah. sort of opt-in boxes based on previous things that they've done. Um, if they read this blog post and they're in Germany, show them this opt-in form. If they read this blog post and they're in the US, show them this opt-in. So it's all cool. sorts of like conditional opt-in forms that you can do. And this is the, the thing that I really, really liked was there's an option to make it based on tags. So if you're using WordPress, all I have to do is say, um, I created a tag that was like, we, one of our, our opt-in is uh, the marketing stack cheat sheet. So all the tools we use in our business. Um, if I give it the tag marketing stack cheat sheet, now any blog post that has that tag on it, this opt-in form will pop up. So it's so all- you tag the blog post with marketing tag cheat sheet. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and basically now all that. I have to yeah. do is every time we make a new blog post, we've got like five or six lead magnets that we use. We're starting to use unique lead magnets as well, but we've got five or six like default lead magnets that we'll use based on 
what the content of that post is. So if we talk to like a financial guy, like a Phil Town or uh, some of the cryptocurrency guys we've had on the podcast, we've got one opt-in that's really relevant to those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. If it's a mindset guy, we've got a different opt-in. So now all we have to do to, to make that opt-in work is we publish the blog post or the podcast to go live, and then I just give it a tag with whatever lead magnet I want it to pop up, and it's just on there. It's what cool. are you guys mainly doing for your more unique lead magnets, especially as they apply to individual episodes? We make a cheat sheet, like a Cliff's Notes version of the episode. So we have a whole process. Patty and our team does that. She manages all of our content, writes our show notes, uh, does transcriptions and things like that. What she does, and this is great, this is easily something you can have anyone on your team do, or hire it out. Uh, she lists every episode, takes extensive notes, like I think handwrites all this stuff. So she's just like jamming it in her brain where she like knows this stuff probably better than... She's getting pretty smart. Yeah, I'd say so. Good free education, huh? Well, actually, we're paying her. <laughs> Patty. Um, but yeah, so she takes those, then creates a cheat sheet, which is like a couple of pages or longer, and those are like Cliff Notes version of every podcast. And usually we'll highlight a process or something that like step by step someone can just download and then implement. Yeah. Do you know approximately what the per episode like conversion rate is on that, at least on your blog post? On the unique ones? On the uniques. Um, well, yeah, in general. You know, are the people who land on your page and look at it like what? On the unique ones, I actually haven't looked at the numbers fairly recently. Uh, but I would say a good... Our, our old numbers before we were using um, this convert box, we were getting like a 3% opt-in rate. Yeah. Now we're getting a 7. That's good. Yeah. So, And that's without, that's literally without any customizations of anything. So, in so part from yeah, 3% to 7%, the unique opt-ins where it's like, okay, we talked to Brad Costanzo. He talked his seven-step process to buy a business. 0% um, opt-in. Here's, mm -hmm. the, here's the cheat <laughs> sheet to get those seven steps, right? Those, we, will, we might see like a 10% of the people that go to that page. Right. It's a little boost over what you'd see on our default opt-ins. Cool, I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good tools, good tools. Cool. Tools are uh, great. Tools are great. But uh, And we'll list all of these in the show notes. I don't know if Brad will for his people, but we will for our people. <laughs> we will now. He's just going to copy and paste from our page, and we're going to go to Google and be like, slap him, <laughs> stealing our content. Just call me out. This will be a fun one because we'll, we'll both, we'll pu we, we need to publish this on the same day. Shut up. And um, <laughs> All right, challenge we'll release, to you, man. So you'll be, this, <laughs> this will be like in stereo. This will be two different places on iTunes. Yes. It will be in yeah, stereo. Yeah, play each podcast in different ears with different devices. Hit play at the same time. And ideally, if you're listening to this on the Hustle and Flow chart, you'll go and subscribe to Brad at Bacon Wrap Business. And if you're listening to this on Bacon Wrap Business, right. you'll come over to the Hustle and Flow chart and subscribe to us. Yeah. but All right, so what do we got? We got Well, I know you, Brad, you've been hanging out at this, uh, this beach house recently. You've beach been House 1. Yeah, Beach House One. That's what that's the, that's its name. Beach House One implies there's going to be more. Yeah, exactly. Or are there more? Right. Well, there we're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. Can Can Beach House Two be Maui? Right. Ooh. Hey, no. Well, let's wait until the fires and the hurricane go away. I think we're just going to take over all of Mission Beach. Okay, that's fine. That's I'm actually for us. rumor has it I'm going out there on Wednesday rumor. to take a look at a place right behind it that is for rent. Oh damn! And uh, we'll see how that works. Okay. Deb then. just called me and told me so. You know. Yeah, one of these episodes of uh, Hustle Wrapped Flowchart, you might... <laughs> you're just going to change every time. Every right? damn yes. time. That's fine. Uh, you may see us out at the BH. Because one of my most recent podcasts, you can see, I'll put a link to that potentially. Yeah, we, maybe we should get our like GoPros of us on scooters, but like a thing that's like out here looking yes. at us as we're going down the boardwalk. 
Uh, I like that idea. I don't know how we're going to hear each other. Maybe we'll have like headsets, like Backstreet Boys or something, you know. But I, I like that. You see where this is going? Yeah, out of sync. <laughs> That'll be our name. So uh, since we're at fifty-two <laughs> minutes now, let's. Are we? Uh, oh, damn. Let's talk about. Let's wrap this kind of. I guess wrap it up. Bacon, wrap it up. Fine. Well, I want to talk. Uh, so I, we can I like keep going because I want to talk about books. But I'll, what else did you want to talk books about? Books and also like kind of a killer tip tactic Ooh, that's yeah. working in your business. We have right those. Now. Oh, well, we could probably come up with some on the fly. <laughs> yes. I'll make something up. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Go okay, for it. Who wants to go first? Uh, so let's start with books and then we'll end with the tactics okay. because I think most people came for the tactics and we're putting it to the end and then Joe has to take his shirt off. So we've got that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Damn it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Hey. Uh, you start with a book. Let's do a book first. I need, actually need to pull my a iPhone book? out and look up the name of a book. <laughs> I want to do that too, except that I'm using my iPhone for okay, a camera Okay, I'll start switching. with me. I don't know how Go you're going to find your books. Uh, no, you just, you just listed them out to us in a, at lunch. And I just had to remember the name of my book. All right, so the one I'm reading right now, one of a couple, is Story Brand uh, by Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. It is, and I'm about three quarters of the way there, but the thing is absolutely amazing. If you're trying to figure out how to actually tap into your customers' minds in a totally different way that most people don't, uh, unless you're like an experienced copywriter that knows all this shit, this will give you frameworks, and literally it's like a free thing online you can map out and swipe and use for like if you're writing emails, sales copy, your videos, any kind of presentation to people you want to influence, this book will show you the frameworks. And I think the biggest aha was, oh, there's like, you're talking to not only their external problems, like if someone's trying to make money with uh, whatever, oh yeah, you want to make more money. Great. That's surface level. That's not really what they're feeling like inside. It's the internal struggles, the external. It's the it's the world struggles and like their daily lives and how the world should be. Those struggles. If he could speak to all those and then give a clear, uh, you know, call to action that follows up where they can trust you. You can empathize, emphasize, empathize. Damn it! Too much coffee. Learning to read. Uh, you can empathize with these folks, but also show your authority. It's like you combine those two things in his little templates he gives you you're freaking on fire with anything you're selling and constantly i'm reading this book and then i have my omni focus out and i'm like holy shit that's something i can implement that's a little tweak on the sales page mm-hmm. just little things like i read this last night is like okay give them three steps anytime you're trying to like tell someone to do something tell them like okay what happens before let's say they want to buy a product Say, okay, well, figure out like where you're at, what you're looking for. You give them like an idea of like kind of give them like a list of things that they can invest and say, okay, this is what I want to learn. Then you say, okay, we'll join the course. And then after the fact, now we're going to walk you through these couple steps here that are like the common next steps after purchase. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helps answer objections that people normally would ask or maybe never ask and just go away and not buy. Mm -hmm. So you're almost like answering this and you're just growing trust prior to ever even asking them to do something Mm. and it's just like three sentences that's one way to just push them over the edge without any real selling so story brands amazing for everybody yeah so you've been on fire i have does that make you an entrepreneur on fire i will be why i'm just wondering if you're ready to ignite (laughs) oh damn jld is like our favorite listener he loves us don't be throwing shade at i'm not throwing shade i'm just saying <laughs> where did that come from i just heard you say you're you've been on fire I, how, and it made me think of entrepreneur on fire why is it i don't say are you ready to sizzle are you ready to sizzle <laughs> please start i need to start you should uh do you want me to go or do you want to go uh you go 
Hopefully Brad can you figure out You literally just books. looked straight ahead and said, you go. Uh, well, I was just thinking. I looked at your phone. Oh. <laughs> uh, because you had books out. Come on, Matt. It. There's a Bring reason. It, okay, so um, I've, so right now I'm actually re- reading uh, Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. That's, but I, uh, I'm not, that's not the book that I'm going to mention. Um, you just did. I did. <laughs> but late. we're going to have him on the show and we'll dive deep into that book. Uh, I'm, I'm only like a couple chapters in, so I don't want to give a full review yet. The book that I was going to mention is going to be a really nerdy um, sort of data-driven book called mm. Making Websites Win. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's probably a good book. It definitely is a good book. It's an amazing book. It's called Making... I'm looking at my iPhone. Making Websites Win. Apply the customer-centric methodology that has doubled the sales of many leading websites by Carl Blanks and Ben Jessen. And this was actually recommended by Andre Chaperone. And I grabbed it and went, this book is freaking amazing. But the whole book is all about conversion optimization, split testing, and why did you, you no it's perfect oh. no, i'm just saying like this is because like we delineated things in our business matt and i like we were talking about earlier and this is exactly where his head should be and this is where we've shifted over the last like handful of months is like you know this is your yeah, shit yeah, right yeah. here so no i'm just i, I love it I'm and like, i think I, I mean i think although i thought matt was more of a traffic guy i am i'm a traffic i i like to do split tests and, and yeah. i do split tests a lot i am the split tester as well i'll get um, i'll pipe him ideas i'll give him some copy we'll work on it together it's yeah. yeah so this book is um it's it's all about split testing and conversion optimization uh but this book argues and it i mean i think most marketers that have been around for a while will agree with this is that um you shouldn't be split testing minor changes most people go oh i'm gonna right. split test um, orange versus blue button right you Which might done, see like a teeny yeah. lift in conversions from one color to another, but the a big the big idea of this book is just con- like test wildly different ideas, test um, you know test talking to this market versus this market, mm-hmm. test um, when 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 you're driving traffic through like ads, test this targeting versus this targeting, and so many people want to go to this like granular place of okay, I'm going to test this subheadline against this subheadline, or I'm going to test uh, a blue button versus an orange button, or all of this stuff. And I feel like those are very, very marginal improvements. And, and let's say you're getting like a million visitors a month. That stuff's probably very, very valid. For the rest of us who aren't getting a million visitors a month to our website, you want to track uh, test very, very dramatically different pages and offers. Absolutely. And this book is just loads and loads and loads of ideas of things to test. I think I actually have that in my Kindle. I think it was because of Andre, either either your recommendation or Andre's. Yeah. I, I Andre emailed this list about it and yeah, I think that's why and I, I went and read the description. I'm like, this is a book I need. Perfect. What's <laughs> yeah. that called again? Uh, Making Websites Win. Cool. So a few of the books off the top of my head that I'm reading right now. Few. Because that's the easiest. Uh, I'm reading Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life and Antidote mm-hmm. to Chaos. Highly recommended. Really, really good stuff. I am reading a book called Goalless Living. Mm. I think it's Goalless Living or Living Goalless or I something think like that. It was, yeah. And it's a it's just a really interesting. I'm only about like 30 or 40 percent through it, but it's just a really interesting um, argument about why fuzzy goals are better than smart goals, which is the smart meaning specific, measurable, actionable, timely, whatever, you measurable, missed an R. whatever it is. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Realistic, maybe. Very specific where, where goals, super we'll specific. Yeah. And uh, I've always kind of operated by very fuzzy goals in my own life. And um, this has some really interesting concepts about how, you know, instead of using a map, use a compass and 
instead of just goals, use aspirations and a little bit of language changing, but it, it's, it's interesting. It's a, you know, it's not a marketing book, but it's just general mindset. But it's something stuff. I think we all relate to. Absolutely. Like we were talking about this at lunch is this whole thing of it. Like it's really tough sometimes. And I don't know, maybe it's easier for some people, but to figure out, all right, where the hell are we going? Like, what is that big thing we're after? And um, I doubt it's always going to be the same thing for the rest of our lives. But uh, th this thing, I like the whole analogy of use a compass yeah, and the compass. And then you talk about, you know, this, it's how a ship goes to its destination. It's not usually a straight line. Mm -hmm. It's doing the zigzag kind of thing. And that's where a compass really comes in. It's right. like, if you have a fuzzy idea of, I want to go that direction. Plus, if you get, yeah, if you, you get, get off there. track, if you're on a map, and you've got one path and then you get off track and that no, that map is no longer applicable for where you're going. And, but a compass will still get you there. It's like, yeah. okay, that's still where I need to be. I can do it a different way. It's a little bit more adaptable. Um, I mean, if you have a map and a compass, it's probably a little bit better. And I think that's sure. the key. Yeah. The other, the third book that I'm reading is called the third door and it's by Alex Ban Banyan. And it is, uh, it's just a really interesting book where this guy interviewed and studied all these, some of the world's top leaders from Bill Gates to, uh, to Warren Buffett, actually interviewed them. And his whole thing was to find out what was one of the keys that unlocked their, like unlocked their career. And what was that, you know, what was that kind of those pivotal moments? And what he realized is that, you know, there's the, there's the, the first door in, which is just, you know, the traditional method, work hard and get in. There's the back door, which is, hey, I knew somebody. And a lot of times there's that third door where it takes some ingenuity, some creativity, some brute force and some luck and all of those combined. And it's like, oh, that's the way in. And sometimes it's, um, sometimes it, you know, it can read like an adventure story the way it happened. And you don't really realize that, um, I mean, not everybody just had it handed to them and not everybody just, you know, worked and took the traditional route. A lot of times it's a way you're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that. So I literally mm -hmm. like my Kindle says I'm 19% of the way through. He set oh, up the man. premise and now he's off to his adventures. Nice. So that's a super good book. As I said, I've got a lot more in there, but those are the ones I'm reading right now. And you said, uh, Steven Spielberg's one of those examples. Yeah, one of those right? examples yeah. was Steven Spielberg and how he got his career going. And, um, a lot of times, by the way, it's some sneaky underhanded, uh, not in an unethical way, but like sneak your sneak your way in. Uh, if you actually read, so one of my uh, clients, Jesse Itzler, wrote a book called um, "The um, uh, Living with the Seal," mm -hmm. and in it he talks about how he got his first record album, and the way he got his record album as a rap as a white Jewish rap star back in the early '90s was that he was working at a he was working at a uh, record studio. And basically like cleaning floors and doing not much else and trying to get a demo in here and there when he could. And there was a rapper named Dana Dane who I, I wasn't really familiar with, but mm. um, I think he was, a, he had a couple big hits back at the time and he had left a, he had left a, uh, a demo tape there and he, <laughs> he grabbed and Jesse grabbed it and he knew that this guy, I think his name was Mike, who's a record producer that his favorite artist was, was uh, Dana Dane. And he, I, if I remember the story right, he called up, called him up and he's like, yeah, this is, Je you know, Jesse with Dana Dane and I w we want to get this demo to you. <laughs> and she thought he, she was, he was saying he is Dana Dane. So she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mr. Ross can see you now. And he goes in 
and he's basically acting like he's Dana Dane and he's not, but he finally gets his foot in the door. He's like, no, that's not me. He's on his way, but he wanted me to, but while, <laughs> while we're waiting, let, let me show you my demo. And then he got a, a record deal. Yeah, so wow. it's just kind of finagling your way in there sometimes. But, um, gotta be a little schemey, you know, ske- yeah. it, it's thinking out of the box. It's okay. Can you explain that. that story in living with a seal? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. I like it. He, I've also got some videos of him explaining it where, like on video, it's just super cool. But uh, Living with a Seal is a great book. That's a good book. Yeah. I read that a few years ago. Yep. So if what I, else we got? I, I have some, I, I can take this all over the place. I, I have like some random questions we can talk about just for fun. Go for, but, go for it. Um, all right. So out of curiosity, <laughs> if it, we've actually, we were talking about this earlier, but I think it's a fun conversation. Um like what would your sort of ideal business life look like? Either one. I of think you. we all have a similar answer. To this. Yeah, <laughs> get paid. Do maybe. nothing. Well, well, I think we're all in a pretty good agreement. At least we've chatted about it as podcasting is doing stuff like this. But, um, yeah, because podcasting, I feel like for all of us, it's an, a perfect opportunity to just chat like this. Talking to cool people about business and stuff and getting paid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly what you just said is like you almost like hack your way into different circles, too. So if you like for us, I know with our podcast, a lot of the times it's selfish and our guests know that it's not like we hide it, but we can instantly grow our network and that reach all that stuff you were talking about that enables you to get in maybe learn a strategy but also just get in with a circle of people that you would have never had the chance to um like david allen for instance like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the author of getting things done we're like holy shit and that would have never happened without a podcast i mean i think that personally i think that would be a really great business is to yeah have some have a great business going that we love that we're working in our fields very well mm-hmm. but podcasting is something where it's like look yeah. at joe rogan i agree I'm, I'm, I'm with you there for me it would be if if there was only one thing i could focus on let's say so, there was some like rich investor that's just like i love you i'm gonna pay you a bunch of money you just go do whatever you want yeah, this would be it do we have one of those listening right now yeah. <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> yeah if, if you just want to give us money because you like us this is what i, I would and you do. want us to open doors for you Ooh, <laughs> we'll mention you. Oh, yeah. for real that's good. I would, Think I would about it. Uh, legitimately, I would pretty much just go all in on podcasting. Um, my dream podcast would not necessarily be about business and marketing all right, the time. Yeah. I would talk about it from time to time, yeah. but I would love to have like that Joe Rogan style podcast oh, yeah. where it is just, I talk to interesting people all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's about business. Sometimes it's about Matt Wolf talking about whatever the hell he wants, whatever I want. <laughs> sometimes it's about travel, you know, on Joe Rogan, it's a lot about UFC, which I'm, you know, I'm not as into, so mm-hmm. probably get rid of that element. But he talks about, you know, uh, like substances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I find it all fascinating. And so I would just have like really interesting conversations with people that I find interesting. Some of them would be about business, but it would just be wherever I want to go. And we just talk about it. And then I also figure out some way to, to get traveling into the mix. So if you're listening to this and you know how I can build that life for myself. If you are a sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah come be my sugar daddy. <laughs> Mine is, uh, mine's real similar. You know, the only thing that makes me think that that wouldn't be perfect is the, you know, if, if money's no object and um, got to do this, like, I don't like the idea of being tied Mm-hmm. to it all the time like oh my man i gotta get it out so like you know tonight show host or something like that would yeah. be phenomenal be jimmy fallon or or whatnot but you're also tied to it taking a month or two off is harder to do now with podcasting it's easier because you can backload a lot of episodes and we're and, also you know. working with a travel podcasting kit right now it's true. absolutely you could do this from so anywhere. it's not 
yeah so okay you just basically <laughs> and you know we have a great it. process where you can hire yeah, it out editing true. uploading show yeah, notes that is true i mean so. ideally so my <laughs> ideal scenario would be i would have a, a studio probably not unsimilar to the one we're in right now right. where there'd be like a big table yeah the mics would be kind of permanently mounted there and i would have a studio guy who that your job is to hang out in the corner and make sure the audio is coming out good Just make 100%. sure we're, ta- we're, we're talking and that's it now yeah. i agree with you the uh because this is the, the kind of stuff i like to do the most is create connect mm-hmm. and um and then explore different opportunities my ideal business is the one where maybe i've got interests and i'm advising on multiple businesses and that creates a pretty steady stream of, I guess you call active, semi-passive residual, um, but income. And that allows me to swing for the fences and chase new blue oceans and uncharted territory mm-hmm. and opportunities and new projects. Um, I'm a, I've really come to the realization that I need to be creating in order to be kind of happy. And if I'm not, and mm. when I'm just working behind the scenes and just doing oh, stuff, yeah. I'm just not happy. I'm, I can be effective, but I'm not like happy. I do mm-hmm. like creating, whether it's writing or doing videos or doing audios and I need to do more of it. It's one of the things that I've been telling myself that is it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat for me. I'm the happiest when I'm honestly, when I'm trying to solve problems, like if, when, when I'm trying to figure out like, okay, why isn't this converting or, um, how do I get more traffic on it that I have that, you know, we haven't tapped yet. I like really, really being experimental all the time. And if I'm experimenting and testing new ideas and testing new things, that's where I'm happiest. But I also love really, really interesting discussion. That's mm-hmm. just my favorite thing Same. out of in our entire business. Everything we do in our business, the podcast, hands down, that's the one thing that I would never let anybody take away from me. Right. You can't take this. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been times I've thought about quitting and I've thought about like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this anymore just because I've gone through, you know, you go through the ups and the downs and the lulls. Mm-hmm. It's a marathon, man. I mean, that's, yeah, but I, in general, I, I wouldn't quit. No. Yeah. And that's the thing with podcasting. I know we, you had the, a longer show, the Multiply Authority uh, podcast, but we started back in 2010 Ten, yeah. and definitely didn't have the long term game like we thought it would be a business, the podcast. Well, our first podcast, the online income podcast, I think we released three episodes. Probably. Somewhere and there. then gave up on it. And then I think maybe a year later. I had another, I, I had two podcasts at the time. I had the business and blogs podcast and I had the online income podcast, which was co-hosted with Joe. The, uh, the business and blogs podcast, I think made it to about episode 15. The online income podcast made it to about episode three. Then Joe and I reunited to do evergreen wisdom podcast. Did like W I S maybe that was, uh, <laughs> I think we got to like maybe episode 17 with did that we? one. Yeah. Nice. And then I did be on the hype with Josh. I think we did about 12 episodes with that. And <laughs> then a trend. Yeah. <laughs> but then the multiply authority podcast, I made it to like episode 70 or something. And then Joe's, um, I talked to Joe. I said, Hey, do you want to co-host a podcast with me? And so that podcast essentially just got rebranded as hustle and flow chart, but kept going. But we had the in, a That's different good. intention going into it. I mm-hmm. think that we were like, all right, this cannot be the business. So if you like, look this at our is podcast gonna be feed, just the podcast speak. isn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in in most cases, the podcast is not a business, right? Yeah, right. Oh, no. there's there's a few people who can really, which is why I said someone needs to pay me to be able to do it. Exactly. Like even sponsorship <laughs> money. Like you've you ever thought be about doing, doing Patreon? Yeah. Oh, we haven't I've, thought about I've, it. But, uh, I've yeah. thought about it. We haven't played with it. Yeah. I've talked to some people who, uh, some of the guys we met with the, the other day who do the um, Optimal Living Daily podcast. OLD podcast. They use Patreon, and, and they were telling us it, you know, it does okay, but it's nothing. Buys them a six-pack beer spon- every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they do have sponsors. But, I mean, I, I feel like to, to make really, really good money off sponsorships, you've got to be yeah, up there. Like, you're like the numbers. top. 
five percent of podcasts. Absolutely. Well, the, the OLD guys actually, and and um, Justin's probably listening to this because he listened to all of our podcasts. So hey, Justin, um, they're amazing because they have built a business out of their podcast, and they, but they do it in a very strategic way. They're leveraging a lot of different platforms and people. So check them out. It's amazing. But it's interesting, yeah, because we met with them last week up in Irvine because, you know, they know how to get the eyeballs. I think they have they have millions of people every single month listening to their podcast, which is outrageous to me, um, but amazing. But then they don't really know the conversion element. Like they don't know the marketing and how to really scale the, the money side of the thing. Right. Whereas that's why they came to us. We came to them for the visibility, them or us to them to us for sales stuff. We both but have areas that we can help each other out. It's yeah. Very symbiotic. That, but, uh, yeah. It's still, it's, it's the coolest part of a business though. So yeah, it really is. And, uh, it's one of the things I've, you know, more so doubling down on as opposed mm-hmm. to just treating it. Uh, you know, I, I, I give my podcast love, but not as much as I should, because you know, you get busy, you run in business and making it money is. and doing yeah. everything else. And then it's funny when I look back at all of the amazing opportunities and things that I'm doing in my business and my life, like 80 or 90% of them are a direct result of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. I, I, I can't agree more. I mean, the network that we have, the connections we have, I mean, a lot of them were built before the podcast, but the podcast was just exponential growth. Yeah. Well, those connections connected us to people at a different level or in different circles, higher up. I mean, it doesn't matter how you know influential they are, but it's different circle and it's, it's just a big web we're building. And, and you know? what's interesting too now is when we go to events, you know, we go to traffic and conversion every year and we go to a handful of events throughout the year. It used to be, I used to be like, oh, you're Matt, the, the WordPress classroom guy, right? That was my first business I ever had. Or um, I, I I merged and became learned to blog with Bradley Will. So like people knew me as the blogging guy or the WordPress guy uh, for the longest time. And Joe was the video guy. Joe was had a video agency. So everybody knew him as the video guy. Now we go to events and everybody's like, oh, you're the hustle and flow chart guys. Yeah. Like um, um, it's become our identity guy. now. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. It, uh, the podcast has essentially become our business identity. People know Hustle and Flowchart brand more than they know the Evergreen Profits that's brand. True. Absolutely. That's fine. <laughs> they are connected, but yeah. Yep. yeah. Same, no, same here. And I have at times wanted to change my brand from Bacon Rant Business because it's fun. It's a little cheeky and cheesy <laughs> and funny, but um, it's also memorable as hell. And everybody well, your says clothes they love constantly just like. I do look like I'm wearing a shirt. Well, you just bacon, waft out it? bacon smell at all times. Yes. I don't know. It's like he like, rubs right. oil you in it. You should there. get some like bacon cologne. cologne. And then when you walk around at events, does somebody smell bake? Oh, it's Brad Kazarian. There he is. So everybody knows when you walk in the room, even if you're like not even near him. Right. That's true. Well, that usually yeah. happens too, but not from bacon smell. Yeah. It's just because you don't shower very often. Crop dusting. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> or that. Oh, okay. All right. On well, that note, let's let's. I think we're good. Uh, huh? I think this might be a good last like wrap up question, but let's let's each kind of share a tip or tactic or something that's working really well in our business right now. Okay. And uh, let's start with Brad. Ooh, you son of a bitch. Um, what is working really well? Um, and it doesn't have to be something you created either, because I'm going to share something that I learned from somebody else. So, right. So I've been working on a content framework that is is starting to work really well. And I'm using, utilizing it with clients and it is, you know, because content is king and building a brand out there that tells a story that does a story brand and mm-hmm. and builds an audience and creates people who know like and trust you is hard and or it can be challenging if you don't have a framework and you can and I used to tell clients just to just create content just micro snackable content and the hard part about that is that they were you know kind of fumbling around not exactly knowing what to do so I've been 
creating or I've created this framework whereby um, it starts with a brainstorm and then they slowly filter it out to, okay, what kind of, what, what is the general theme of the kind of content you want to create? Which of your, like the pillars of your message, does it really support? Like, you know, usually there's like four or five pillars Mm -hmm. and then is it, um, you know, there may be 20 different types of things that, you know, you can create. And then of those, is there a point you're trying to make? Is there a metaphor or a story that can back up that point? Is there a moral to that story? Is there a kind of a call to action? And, you know, a call to action, especially if you're trying to do content branding type videos, doesn't have to be, hey, opt in to get my ebook. It can be, so next time you're going through this, I want you to stop and think and do this or write this down. So it can be an action you can get the person to take without you and by doing that you're kind of you know you might be giving them a result in advance that they can apply and then you know have good rapport with you Hmm. um and it's it's just starting to make it a lot easier for the clients that i'm working with going okay now i can see how i can start to distribute content different types of content that support my message Hmm. so Mm -hmm. i love it man something that's working that's cool Cool. i dig that uh i would say a, a lot of the focus that I've been doing, and this is something that Matt and I, and probably in the last couple months, we've really just been like, like I said, mentioned earlier, we siloed ourselves into these positions where we feel like we're the best at in our business. So what I've done a lot of is the sales. It's it's communications with prospects, also with buyers, so previous customers, uh, cross-sale opportunities. But the big thing is like personalization of the sales process mm. or even the follow-up. Um, like I'll do a live chats all the time. So a constant thing that I have in my daily tasks are follow-ups. So that's going to involve email, the forums that we have in our buyers area, our members area, uh, Voxer access. We have a private access area for higher paying clients. Um, we have mini chat. So it's the live chat, messenger chat. We have our Facebook groups, all those things. I pretty much like have these, this list that every day I go through and the mini chat might be multiple times a day, mm-hmm. but in those chats, I'm not only talking with them, I have some macros and stuff, so I'm not making things up every single time. So it's a time efficiency thing. But uh, Loom videos. Mm-hmm. I think I learned of Loom from you originally. Loom's great. And I use those when I see an opportunity where I know this person's going to watch it for one. If they're halfway engaged, I'm probably not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll shoot a three-minute video, and they'll say, like, hey, what, what, how does this work on the back end of Thrivecart, for instance? And I'll, I'll show them how to integrate. Like, I'll just shoot a Loom video, fire up the camera. I'll have my face on there and you know, complete this video, personalized for them with their name in there, mm-hmm. call to action at the end, give them a good reason to follow up and actually ask me a question because I always try to create an open loop. Uh, in every single message, so it forces them to respond. It's yeah. usually just a simple question, and um, and then from there, in the Loom video and the title, I always put their name and the date. And you know, if I know it's going to be multiple videos, there's probably a number after the date. But I know exactly when they view the video. <laughs> it's in the email, like it'll kick me an email or notification. So if they don't respond, I'm not going to be like, "Hey, I saw the video, Bob," or "You saw the video, Bob." I won't be sneaky like that. But I'll at least go after them a little harder, you know, or ask them specific questions about that video. And these people, like I've, I've screenshotted things to you, and they're like, "Holy shit! You just gave me like ninety percent more education in before even buying the course." Then, totally, and they're like, difference. "I'm in." Like I don't even know you, yeah. but I trust you so much more. Where do I buy, dude? Yeah. This this concept <laughs> of the the mini chat plus Loom is 
effing insane. Like it's so killer because, like you said, basically you're you're going and people are asking a question about Thrivecart or our traffic course or you know something that we're selling, and Joe will be like, "Let me explain it to you real quick." He'll go and hit record on Loom real quick. He'll go in the back end of Thrivecart and he'll be like, "Hey Bob, uh, thanks for your question. Here's the answer." He dropped that into mini chat or just in the Facebook. Yeah, you grab the Loom link and you drop it straight into mini chat and say, "Hey, here's here's the video I I just shot for you and it's personalized to him." And those people always come back and go, "Holy crap! Thanks so much for doing that. That is amazing. You guys go way above and beyond." But the other aspect of that that's so cool is these people are writing our sales messages for us. That's true. <laughs> like That's these, these questions that are coming up, those become objections that we put on our sales messages that we use in our emails. The, uh, the feedback they give or of, you know, it would be way easier if this happened or this happened, or you did it this way. We use all of that feedback, you know, and, and for our traffic course, people ask questions about the traffic course and they might say, Hey, do you teach how to do uh, branding videos? No, but that's great feedback. Maybe we'll add that in next and we'll sell them on the fact that because you're interested in doing it and you want branding videos, maybe that'll be the next little tip video we throw in there. So you're saying that listening to your customers and prospects actually (laughs) is a useful part of marketing. That's Dude, it's just, it it blows me away, A, if people don't have live chat on their conversion pages. So on their checkout page at a minimum, but sales page, we usually try to do both of those. We're not going to really put them on a blog post, but we'll put a link to start a a messenger chat with us, which comes from Minichat. So it's a unique link kicks him over a intro message that says something like, Hey, do you have a, Hey Bob, do you have a question about our traffic course? Fire me a message and I'll get back to you. That's simple as that. Every single thing exactly. starts out that way. And more often than not, you're all you're every day. I probably have 10 new chats going and that's without a bunch of pushing to the chats too, but it's just because it's an option and people that's just, great. I mean, it's an easy way to get a sale. It's so yeah. cool. It's fun. And, and, and we've been, we're, insane optimizers. We use Visual Website Optimizer. Uh, we use tons of different split testing tools and we're constantly optimizing and testing things. And the data we get from these chats and from the you know the responses people give on these videos is just like a, a system to gather objections to handle in our sales message. Yeah. And fuck, a shit ton of them turn into testimonials too. Well, <laughs> actually, a really quick thing. This isn't a live chat, but this is the whole sales and looking at your customers. Is remember I took a screenshot of uh, Thrivecart buyers, people who bought Thrivecart through us, and Mike McCallowitz was one of those guys, mm-hmm. the profit first slash clockwork uh, author, and that's how we're getting him on the podcast, we're getting on his podcast, and that was just, I mean, that one he didn't get through live chat, but it was us looking, always looking at who's buying our stuff, uh, following up with those folks even after the sale to make sure that they are taken care of, slash maybe there's a cross-sell opportunity, because mm-hmm. like there's always a way to connect your products, and you best way to do that is just reach out maybe shoot them a loom video and thank you for their purchase like that's something i want to start doing is more stuff on the back end now so it's like hey i want to just shoot Take a, a look at bomb bomb for that by the way bomb 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 b-o-m-b b-o-m-b cool. so it allows okay. you it's an app on your phone and your desktop uh-huh. and it allows you to take a quick little video this is like an in-person video uh-huh. you're not that's doing fine. screen share i don't that's think fine. Yeah. but an in-person video and there's all these automations and stuff but what it'll do is i might just hold up my phone or i'll get on my uh, on my laptop and just say hey uh hey joe thanks for uh th- thanks for buying this product i i hope you get a lot out of it let me know if you have any questions and then i can have it automatically send to you but what bomb bomb will do is it'll um and it'll integrate with your email so mm-hmm. it'll send it out but it'll create automatically create a little gif 
GIF, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it GIF or GIF? I always say GIF. I, I say GIF. GIF. Same yeah. here. It creates a little GIF of you like talking and then it implants it in the email. And then whenever uh, they click it, you'll know if they open the email, if they clicked it, and if they watched I the video. And then it. you can set up automations that say if they did this. If this, then that. Yeah, if this, then yeah. that. Now, you, technically, you could do that also in stuff like Kartra but it's, uh, sure. and other things, but it takes a little more time. BombBomb is set up specifically for that. Perfect. And if you see, for instance, do you get notifications on your cell phone? All the time. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, of a, like of a sale? Oh, uh, certain cases, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Do you get notifications <laughs> on your cell phone? No. <laughs> Not at all. No one calls me. <laughs> but um, you know who gave me this idea was our mutual friend, Michael O'Neill from uh-huh. Solopreneur Hour. So he said whenever he gets a, uh, so you can't do this if you're selling thousands of products a day. Right. But if somebody buys his course, he'll get on. And I, I don't know if he uses BombBomb yet, but he should. And he'll see it. He'll just pull out his phone and do a quick little video. Hey, I saw you buy this. Thanks. Hope you like it. And then he he uh, just manually emails it to and them. And he mentions their name or in the video and everything, right? Actually, he texts it to him. So he says there's a... Ah. There's a and I'll have to reach out to him to find out what it is, but there's a, an app that allows you to kind of have a free text message uh-huh. number. So it's not your cell phone. They don't have your cell phone, but it's a secondary text line. Uh, like Twilio? So it's not Twilio, mm. but it's maybe something like that. But it's mm-hmm. very easy. It's, it's on your phone and it's easy to do. So he'll text it to them because he'll see their phone number in their thing. Uh, he'll text yeah. it. Hey, I just saw you bought my course on how to be cool. That's cool. And uh, thank you very much. And he goes, oh, my God, it just generates so much rapport. Yeah. Uh, and he James, does mention their name, right? He does say yeah, like, hey, it's Mike, very personal. Right? Yeah, it's, it's personal. not. A, it's not. Yeah, it's very personal. The same thing. Yeah, James Shremko does that with his, his membership. When as we well. joined oh, his membership immediately, it was like that day on a Sunday, I believe. Yep. James, like he was it's at the mall or something. Even if you get like 20 or 30 sales a day, it's not hard to do. Just no. I mean, because that's like if each video is 20. 20 seconds long it's nothing what well, you do is you create a yeah. video that has like your message yep. and then you just you make a little two second video that says hey brad and then you just tack it on you're like wearing totally different clothes in the second <laughs> half of the video that's like more work than it has to be <laughs> Way more it's a great idea though but now we'll but make you have to do that that personal yeah. touch works though yeah. it's it's amazing or what you do is the new iphone thing where like you look like a unicorn that's talking yeah. Dude, I'm actually, I've started sending text messages now because of that facial recognition thing. Like, it'll be a poop emoji, and I'll be, like, responding to people and, <laughs> as a poop, and they're like, uh, uh, what? Oh, that's Joe. Okay. Uh, yeah. I would have thought, I, 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 personally, I would recognize it in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally Joe. It wouldn't take me long. He's yeah. a pilot. That's awesome. That Go ahead, cool. Matt. All right. So, my, my tactic tip actually comes from a mutual friend of all of ours, Kurt Molly. Ah. Hopefully he doesn't mind that I share this, but we're having him on the show soon, so he'll probably share it on the show again. He's already been on my show. You know. Did he share the Hot 7? Did he talk about that? He did. Okay, <sighs> so I'm going to mention the Hot 7, because that thing has been working insane. So one of, the, one of the feedback, the comments that we've been getting a lot lately from people is, holy crap, you guys are everywhere. I'm seeing you everywhere. I get on Facebook, and it's like a different video. You guys must be like shooting 10 videos a day, because... I can't get rid of you million guys. Million dollar budget. Right? This <laughs> is this is the power of the hot seven technique that, that Kurt teaches. And essentially what it is, and I could totally butcher it, but this is how I'm using it, is you create a whole bunch of audiences in Facebook. This is a Facebook ad tactic. You create a whole bunch of audiences in Facebook of people who have engaged with you in the last seven days. So you have anybody who's visited your website in the last seven days, anybody who's liked any of your Facebook posts in the last seven days, anybody who's purchased your product in the last seven days, and on and on and on. And you make like 20 different hot seven audiences of people who have interacted in the last seven days. 
And then when you make little videos, like social media videos, you boost them for $1 per day. That's it, just one buck per day. And you target this hot seven audience. And so anybody who visits your website, now when they get on Facebook, all of a sudden they're seeing 10 different videos from you. Anybody who uh, likes one of your posts on Facebook or likes one of your ads on Facebook, all of a sudden they're seeing videos from you everywhere. Um, And you can use this hot seven audience too when you have offers to sell. So when you have an offer and you want to go after some low hanging fruit, these are your most recently engaged people. You put those offers in front of the hot seven. But just that little tactic of creating these audiences of people who've engaged on your website, your Facebook fan page, your Instagram, any of that um, in the last seven days and then targeting them with all of your videos, all of your blog posts, all of your podcast episodes, everything for a dollar a day it just blows up your brand like absolutely overnight it's insane how effective it is and you can do this for you know obviously it depends on how many dollar a day ads you're setting up but like 20 bucks a day and you're everywhere so uh, with that and to back it up whoever the numbers you just shared with me friday i think you're like check out the 30-day numbers based off of this strategy right here so when you're inside the facebook ad dashboard most people look at impressions right they look at how many times has this ad been seen impressions isn't a number i really care that much about uh because what impressions is is if somebody sees it three times, one person, that counts as three impressions. But there's another number in the Facebook ads that I think you have to turn on. I don't know if it's on by default, which is reach. And reach is how many people have seen your ad. So if somebody sees it five times, that counts as one person in reach, right? And so I actually ran the numbers of um, how many people have viewed our videos in the last seven days. We were at about, what, 149,000 people? Oh, that was only seven days. Uh, was it? Maybe I did 30. I don't remember what screenshot I sent you. Really? That's good. Uh, even 30, I'm happy okay, with that. Okay, so <laughs> it might have been 30 days. I don't remember exactly what I showed Joe. Um, but it, it was, so within a, let's just call it a 30-day period, our Facebook videos, our blog posts, pretty much all of our, our, our ads that we're running on Facebook have see, been seen by 150,000 people. Mm-hmm. And we were paying three cents a view. It's yeah, that's ridiculous. A, that's a, yeah. And Kurt and I went into that whole paradigm shift quite a bit which is a topic for a whole nother episode oh, yeah but which you can get on bacon wrap business go get but, it um, and soon on our part yes. on- <laughs> the uh just, just the idea <laughs> that stop just thinking about what's my click-through rate how, like what's my cost per click but it's like what what's what's the cost to get somebody to view most or all of my content and mm. then it's all of a sudden you start thinking wow it only cost me 50 cents to get somebody to watch a 10 minute video yeah and you know what's, and what's interesting mm. too is you know you, you're you're making these videos and I actually just kind of lost where I was going to go with that. Uh, but you, you're basically you, you pay like thir- yeah sorry my brain's fried. Um, <laughs> I got a new puppy. I haven't been sleeping lately. Uh, excuses. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is like okay. I really wish I was in a fucking band right now where I could use these strategies because we were in bands back in the day. We right, to- we do. We could make a lot of money. I'm serious though. Like you could get so much exposure with knowing just some little things like this to get in front of your target audience. Like I don't know. I just yep. I just think of that. And I'm not going to go that and, route now but go ahead maybe Here's that jogged your memory so we're, we're running these for a buck a day right so you set up one of these things like one of these videos and we put it out there for a buck a day and what facebook's going to do is they're going to try to get you as many views for that buck as possible so you can do the same concept with like 10 bucks a day but it won't be as effective because facebook goes cool now we have more money to play with right mm-hmm. but if you go and set this at like a buck a day for the, these ads and you target this hot seven audience, you're getting like two, three cent video views and all of a sudden you're getting, you know, 150,000 people have seen your stuff. Bingo. And here's what most people don't realize. And this was a, a conversation we dove deep with Billy Jean on was that 
the brand is so much more impactful than most people think. There, there was a, a time in the marketing, internet marketing space where people went, branding is bullshit. Don't focus on branding. It's a waste of time. We've, we've found quite the opposite. That yeah. branding has actually been more impactful for us than a lot of the direct response stuff we're doing because branding makes everything so much easier. So if we're seen by 150,000 people and people are just seeing us everywhere, if you, if you get into our ecosystem and in the last no week, like and trust. you've seen mm. like seven videos from us and they're like, these guys are fun. These guys are cool. They're goofing off. They're teaching me stuff. This is awesome. I love these guys. Now, when I put an offer in front of you, you're going to, you're going to be a lot more likely to buy because you've, you've been seeing us everywhere. So if I'm, if I'm selling you on a traffic course um, and I put an offer in front of you that says buy our traffic course, you're probably going to be thinking, well, this traffic course is probably pretty good because I see these fucking guys everywhere <laughs> doing right? it. That's yeah. the power of branding. Yes. That's the power of these branding campaigns uh, of like these three cent views and we're getting in front of 150,000 people. Well, now that's 150,000 people that now know who we are when we put an offer in front of them and we're that much more likely to make the sale. Well, and what I talked about a minute ago with the tactics is working for me, which is that content framework of what content to create. It's with this exact same thing in mind because uh -huh. if we know that snackable micro content that builds your brand and educates your audience is what works. Okay. Well, okay. Well, what content do we have to create to reverse engineer to make that happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I'm, I've talked to a lot of people on the phone and live chat and almost everybody listens to our podcast. They've seen our videos. They've seen our ads for different affiliate products too. And it's always in, it's great to hear this because it's confirmation. And this is part of talking to your customers too, is you'll learn the stuff that's actually working. Because mm -hmm. a lot of this, you can't track every single one of these videos. We are starting to with the mm -hmm. Wicked Reports, <laughs> but that's a slower game. But um, it's just really cool to actually talk to someone and they're like, dude, I listen to every one of your episodes or, hey, I love Thrivecard. I found it from you. I see your ads everywhere for that. I'm like, yep. All right. There, there you go. go. <laughs> I love no, my my it favorite works. thing to hear is when I get messages from people that are like, holy crap, you guys must be spending millions because I'm seeing you everywhere. And it's like, right. nah, I spent a buck to yeah. get in front of you. <laughs> or less, much less. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. It's, stuff. it's so cool. Well, I, I think, think we kind of covered everything. First show? I think first. Success? First hustle rat bacon chart? Yeah. <laughs> Was that high-fiving the audience? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Thank you for listening. And uh, thanks well, for listening. And obviously, if bread. you are a subscriber to Bacon Rat Business, but not to Hustle and Flowchart, go smash the subscribe button over there. And, and vice versa, of course. Vice versa. And if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always reach out to me directly at askbrad at baconratbusiness.com. And I don't know if you guys... We don't want to talk to people. No, I'm no, just kidding. I know Matt doesn't. Joe might, though. Joe will talk Fire to everybody. Fire me an email, man. I don't care. Joe's Joe at evergreenprofits.com. So First time I've ever actually put it out there. So <laughs> Based on the fact that your email is joe at evergreenprofits.com, do you think people could get a hold of me if they wanted to? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think is it? <laughs> you don't want to talk to Matt. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just the dick, apparently. Yeah. So we're going to do this again sometime, of I course. think. Of course. Yeah, uh, this is going to be another be a, month or so, huh? Absolutely. So should we go out the way we came in? All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Hustle Wrapped Flowchart with Bacon on the side. It was a great episode. Uh, thanks for Brad for joining us. Thanks to me and Joe for joining us. If you haven't already, go to baconroutebusiness.com, subscribe there, and hustleandflowchart.com, subscribe there. That was perfect. Bye. Later. Bye, Felicia.